I am a big fan of doing some projects. I think some of the best stuff I did when I was in high school was project-based, though no one ever would have used that term. I also still think that there's a need for at least some standardized testing. Like I would never get rid of all of it. As you pointed out, sort of with your concerns about the culture in a building, you know, you have your top quarter, your middle and your bottom. Like I always try to remind kids because I teach 11th grade English and in Virginia, 11th grade is the only grade that students take standardized tests in English in high school. So they take a reading test and then a writing test in eighth grade. They don't take another one until 11th grade. And that's their end of course. And then that way, if they don't pass it, they have another year to figure it out and and do retakes and stuff. And so a lot of the school's accreditation and data comes out of my classroom because I always teach like exclusively that grade. And I try to remind the kids, I say, look, don't worry about this. This is supposed to be the minimum standard to graduate. This is in place to make sure the bottom fifth of kids are getting the help they need to sort of rise up. And it's a kick in the butt for the bottom fifth of teachers to make sure they're actually doing their jobs. You know, I, mean, I try to phrase it nicely because some of the kids in the room are going to struggle on it. So I don't want them to feel bad about it. But it's like, this is just here to make sure everybody's sort of getting things moving. I don't think we need to get rid of it, but we could do less of it. And I just, I think everybody has a different idea for what would be the best way to do it. So for you. Well, in elementary school, kindergarten, first and second grade don't do it. So what's, where's the baseline data come from then? Like, how do you know if anyone's like actually improving? Every- <laughs> It's different place, you know, like uh, maybe districts have assessments that they use, like um, there's certain reading assessments that people use to keep track of reading levels and stuff like that, but there, there's not like a standardized assessment. And so that creates a real kind of divide because three, four and five are over here. Like um, we have, we have these things we have to do, these tests. And so a lot of emphasis, time, flexibility, like goes on to that because that's important it you know and it is important it's important for the school it's how we get money from state yeah yeah um you know there is an importance to that but k1 and 2 are down here and they they don't have that but if you would like your students to read their standardized tests k1 and 2 do important things to get you there you know there there is there there's a different kind of priority and emphasis that should go down on younger grades, but it's not a standardized test, you know, so it's a, it's a interesting environment around that in elementary school because, because of that. Yeah. I mean, I bet like, you know, you know, I generally have good, good test scores, like the numbers are all good, but I always have to remind myself that if I have a year that looks particularly good or a little bit worse than the others, you know, I got to look and say, well, what am I doing? What do I do differently? I also have to remind myself that each group of kids is a little bit different and that they also had teachers before me. Like it's 11th grade. If you show up in my room in 11th grade and you can't read, there is only so much I can do in the next few months. Like we'll do everything we can. We've got reading specialists. We'll help you out. But there, there does come a point there where you say like, my test results really are kind of the results of everybody for the last 10, 11 years working together. And so as much as I want to take pride or not, (laughs) depending on the year, I have to remember, you know, that there's a lot going on there. Yeah, it's tricky. I just watched, uh, I forget the name of the organization. It's like a national education organization. They did a webinar last week and it was four people talking on a panel and they were using some information from the, the federal, the department of education about, reopening schools and plans and it was fine but if you've kept up with any any of the ideas that have been floated around lately it ended up not being anything new so it was it was interesting but not that useful and i heard something really interesting with the testing where a guy said you know 
we've got to make sure whatever we do next year, whether we're online, we're in the classroom, we've got to make sure we, we get the tests at the end of the year. We need the data to see what's happening, what's working, what isn't. Like, we can't just take two, three years in a row off of the testing and then expect like that we're going to know what's happening. And I think he's right. And then five minutes later in response to a different question, he said, you know, but maybe it's time we try some different forms of assessments. Maybe we change those tests. And I'm like, well, if you change it in a less than ideal situation, then you have flawed baseline data and you can't compare it to the old stuff, which means you're going to have three, four years before you know what's happening anyway. And no one on this panel, all of whom are, you know, better paid and probably more respected than me, all were like, yeah, that's great. This is the time for it. And I'm like, what do you, it doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> how, do we ever, how do we ever account for what this pandemic has done if we don't ever take the same assessment again? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like you got to take the old one, start a new one when things get semi-close to normal. You can't just flip right. that switch in the middle of it because you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what any of the results mean. 